Sachim, Perik Base, Mishnah Ches, 2 8, last of the Perik, and we'll discuss more about things that you can't do on Pesach, lest they come to create chametz. The verse is, Ein nosen kemach lutoch charoses. You can't put flour into a dip called charoses. This is not the charoset of the Pesach Seder. The word charos means clay, and like that, we're talking about sort of thick dip but not the dip, the sweet dip of dipping your mortar into a Pesach side, or rather some other kind of dip they used. It was actually quite a pungent dip, a sour dip that they dipped meat into that had vinegar and water inside of it. So the water, of course, will ultimately cause chimots, cause uh, leavening, but the vinegar perhaps retards that process. So the mission here is saying you still can't do it. And similarly, you cannot dip or add flour to your mustard. Mustard um, seeds are ground up to make the mustard paste that we know as mustard, but also water is added to that. And although mustard by itself or vinegar by itself would not cause leavening, since both of these dips, haroset and chardal, have water inside of them, they will ultimately cause the flour to leaven. Vim nasa. Now, if you did put flour into the mustard, we're specifically talking about mustard over here, yeachel meyad, Tanakama holds that at least if you did that, which was forbidden to do, but if you did it, now you have a solution prior to being over by Yerol Bayamatsu. You could simply eat the mustard and flour combination because Tanakama holds that the mustard will keep the fermentation from happening very quickly, giving you enough time to consume it. In contrast, the vinegar in the Haroset makes sure it doesn't sufficiently retard the fermentation process. In fact, it could actually expedite it. And therefore, if you ever add flour to your haroset, even though there's vinegar inside of there, or maybe because there's vinegar inside of there, it's immediately forbidden. Reb Meir Oser, Reb Meir says there's no difference at all between vinegar and, excuse me, haroset with the vinegar ingredients or mustard. Both are forbidden immediately because there's water inside of there. You can't eat that in Pesach under any circumstances. Um... The halacha, technically speaking, is like the Tanakama, meaning that while the charos is forbidden, mustard, if you did add it forbidden a forbidden be'iser, you're not allowed to do that, but if you did, you could, after the fact, eat it promptly. Um, while that's technically the halacha, according to, for Ashkenazim, the Ramah Paskins, that chardal, mustard, is a type of kitneos, and the Minog University by Ashkenaz was not to eat kitneos, and therefore mustard remains forbidden anyways, um, at all events, on Pesach, the Maisa. The Mishnah continues and says, Ein mevash a Pesach. You're not allowed to cook your korban Pesach. Now that actually is a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Al tochlu mimenu na. You can't eat from the korban Pesach while it's raw, meaning uncooked fully. Uva shel muvushal b'mayim. Nor if your korban Pesach was boiled in water. So here the Bishal we're talking about is not the cooking inside water because that's from the Pasuk, but we're saying even other Ingredients. Therefore, it says here, um, you, although the Doraisa clearly says there's no cooking water, the rabbis are expanding it to say, uh, because of this double language of Vashel Muvushal, cooking that also even other liquids are prohibited um, from the Pasuk. So Loba Mashkim, you can't use Mashkim. Mashkim here, a reference as it typically is in the Mishnayas, to those Zayn Mashkim, those seven liquids, the Yad Shachat Dam liquids. So we're talking here, for example, honey, or oil, or wine. Those are forbidden to use to cook your 
to like boil your korban pesach. And similarly, you can't use other kinds of fruit juices that aren't from the seven particular machshir and those seven liquids that are ready for tuma. Um, but even like, you know, pomegranate juice or something like that also would be forbidden. Avalsachen, what you could do is smear with oil, or you could mitabel, um, to spice up. You could flavor, add a flavoring to your to your roasted korban pesach with fruit juices or oil, etc. So the bartender brings two pshat in here. The first pshat he brings is that of, we're talking here about after the fact, meaning first you're going to roast over an open flame as you're required to do your korban pesach. Um, that's not called boiling. And after you have roasted meat, you could uh, add oil to it or dip it in some kind of fruit juice. That would not ruin the roasted flavor. That's not called namu vishal. That's considered totally tzli roasted, just with an added flavor. That's the first pshat he brings. The second pshat he brings is that there are those who say even putting like a rub, like an oil rub or whatever, fruit juice rub on the meat prior to the roasting is also permitted um, because ultimately you're just roasting it and the limited amount of liquid on the outside doesn't make it boiling. It's still straight roasted, just adding a flavor. That's the second shot he brings. Finally, the Mishnah says, May tashmisho shel nachtum, the water that the the baker uses the functional water that's used either um, to like, cool off his hands when he's working with the hot dough, or perhaps it's to wash off his utensils after they're you know been used. The point is that they have flour there mixed with water, so that's a recipe for hummus, of course. So what do you do with that wastewater? Yishafchu, you gotta pour it away, meaning pour it on like a slope somewhere where it'll flow away. It can't pull in one place. because if left in one place, ultimately since there's flour and water together, that will constitute real chametz. And they would have a balyirai, balyamatza problem. Therefore, you have to pour it away down some sloping hill somewhere so it goes away and becomes negligible. And with that, we finish the second parak of Sachem.